0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for February 9th, 2020. Autocorrect, bitter to better. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie <coughs> Jones. I'm
1: Alan Jones.
0: And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'd like to welcome those of you who are joining us on Facebook. Thank you so much for being here. Sorry we had to have this big pause a little while ago, but um, anyway, we are one church, many locations. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It is no accident that any one of us are here today. God, as we talk about this, this topic of bitter to better, um, it's a tough one. But, Lord, you meet us right where we are and take us to the next step because you have such great plans for each person here. We give you this time in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Autocorrect. That's the message series for February Autocorrect. As we shared last week, Autocorrect is that feature on phones, iPads, tablets, computers that attempts to correct the spelling of a word as you type it, oh my goodness, I was um, dictating something on my phone yesterday, and it was just a mess, the autocorrect.
1: Was it embarrassing?
0: Yeah, it was kind of, I forget what it was, but it was like, oh, this would have been really good for the, today's sermon. <laughs> well, last week, we shared that we believe that God has this autocorrect for each one of us. What I mean by that is that when we're thinking about or we're focused on something in our life that is not positive, it would be negative or we're going down this rabbit trail, this spiral down, God just wants to autocorrect that and turn it around for us into something more positive, something more God-centered, Christ-centered, transforming. And so today, our focus will be on God's autocorrect, taking bitter to better.
1: So let's start with bitter. You know, well, on the one hand, bitter can mean a sharp or pungent, unsweet taste or smell. We're going to look at the second definition. It's that aspect of bitter that deals with anger, hurt, resentment that people feel as a result of one's bad experiences or a sense of having been treated unjustly. You know, our bitterness can often be the result of why someone gets or has something that I don't, like a particular job or a house or an ability or something like that. Um, You know, if we're not careful, it can even turn into envy where we wish we had it instead of them. So sometimes it's a case where you did the work and someone else got the credit. Amen. How about those cases where somebody else did the work and you got the credit? We don't think about that one, do we? <laughs> sometimes it's happiness. Why are they happy and not me? And again, sometimes gotta be careful of that envy thing going in there. Sometimes it involves situations that are, well, they're just out of one's control. Uh, that things that just are. Like like, I don't know, being born into a dysfunctional or a abusive household or, or being born with some severe challenges, physical, mental, emotional, psychological. And whatever the reason for the bitterness, the result is living a life that is focused on the negative rather than the positive, living a life that's less than it could be, living a life that is less than what God had in mind when God first thought of you.
0: It didn't take long for bitterness to enter the world. In fact, right there in the beginning in Genesis chapter 4, we read it's the second generation where bitterness creeps in. We have Adam and Eve who had two sons, Cain and Abel. Check this out. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast.
1: Mm. You know, we're not told exactly why the Lord looked with favor on Abel's gift and not Cain's. Perhaps, though, it was because, if we read there, Cain brought some of his fruits. You see, that some, while Abel brought the firstborn of the flock. Difference between some and firstborn. You know, we're called to put God first in our lives, and that includes giving offerings from our first fruits, or in the case of livestock, our uh, firstborn. Offerings off the top, not the leftovers. And so whatever the reason, even if that's not it, although that seems to kind of point that way, Cain was very angry. It doesn't specifically say he was bitter, but we know that kind of anger and bitterness are hand in hand, and his, his anger did not pass, but instead it got the better of him, or I guess it got the bitter of him, didn't it? Yeah.
0: Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Hey, brother, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him.
1: And so Cain allowed pride to cause bitterness that was so severe that the result was murder. He was bitter, in this case, over something that he had control over. Uh, He resented his brother when all his brother did was the right thing. What Cain should have done was looked in the mirror at his own actions and how they caused his offering to not be accepted funny thing is, how often is that us? I know it is me on occasion. You know, we we get upset at someone when all they're doing is what they're supposed to be doing, when all they're doing is the right thing. while at the same time, we don't quite do what we should do and uh, pay the price.
0: Now, in the case of Cain, God encouraged him to move from bitter to better to not allow what happened to bring on so much anger, but instead to make better choices for the future. But instead, Cain allowed that bitterness to fester, to consume him, and the result was murder, taking his brother's life. God held Cain accountable for his actions. God, or Cain would no longer farm the land, and he would be a wanderer, a restless wanderer on earth. Cain was afraid, but the Lord, in spite of what Cain did, the Lord still gave Cain mercy because he put some protection upon Cain. He put a mark on him so that if anyone found him, he wouldn't be killed. It was that, that love in spite of that God did it. Really, that's a great message for us that God loves in spite of our messes, our sins, even the intentional stuff. But God wants so much more for each one of us. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence, as the scripture said, and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. And in the midst of Cain's bitterness, God made it better, offering Cain protection in the midst of Cain's
1: exile. Hmm. Later on in the Old Testament, that first part of the Bible, we're given another story, uh, a really great story. It's a story of bitterness. It's the story of Naomi and Ruth. Maybe maybe you're familiar with it. Now, Naomi uh, Naomi was an Israelite who um, was married, had two sons, and they lived in Bethlehem. There's a familiar town, huh? (laughs) Uh, But a famine in the land resulted in this family moving to a neighboring country, the country of Moab. A while there, Naomi's husband died, and her sons married Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. After living there 10 years, both of Naomi's sons died, leaving her in a very difficult situation in that male-dominated world, that world where women really didn't have much of a voice, and it was very challenging with, with, without a husband, a father, a son in your life.
0: And so when Naomi heard that the Lord had come to the aid of his people back home by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law set out on the road to Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people.
1: Mm. So, But Naomi insisted, you know. <laughs> it's kind of funny even what she said there because she said she, she's too old to have another husband that she's not going to have any more sons for them to marry. Now, why are you sticking around? I'm not going to have any more sons for you. Here's what she says, Ruth 1. 12b through 13, e- even if I thought there was still hope for me, Naomi says, even if I had a husband tonight, tonight, and, and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? <laughs> would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it's, it's more bitter for me than you because the Lord's hand has turned against me.
0: Well, there's that word, bitter. Say Bitter. Bitter. Naomi says it is more bitter for her than for the girls because the Lord's hand has turned against her. Mm. From what we can see here, Naomi does not do anything to bring on this situation, unlike Cain who made a bad choice and found himself there. But Naomi is really on the receiving end of all of this, severe losses, loss of her husband, loss of two sons. And as Naomi processes this, interprets this, she interprets it that the Lord has turned against her, and she is bitter.
1: Hmm. Maybe you've been there once or twice. Most of us have. You know, circumstances completely out of our control, or so it seems, and they turn against us. And we look to God and we ask, why me? Why me? What did I do to deserve this, Lord? And try as we might, we don't get an answer, at least not one that satisfies us. Try as we might, we just can't figure out why God would allow something so catastrophic to happen to us. It often involves loss, maybe like Naomi, the loss of a spouse. Uh, maybe like Naomi, the loss of a child, or maybe maybe not even an adult child though. Like she lost, maybe a younger child. Loss, maybe loss of a home, a job, a relationship. Maybe the loss of your health. Gosh, what, maybe the loss of a limb or something that radical. Whatever the loss, it's tough when we feel it's completely out of our control and we ask, why Lord, why me? And we just can't seem to get a good answer. And so we go from just sad to bitter. That's what happened to Naomi here.
0: So Naomi and the girls, they wept. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. And Ruth clung to Naomi. Naomi told her to do what Orpah was doing, to return to her people and her gods. And so I'm going to read some scripture, Ruth 1, verses 16 through 18. It may be familiar to some of you. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God." Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. Then Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, and she stopped urging her. Mm-hmm. What a loyal um, daughter in law.
1: Outrageously loyal. Yeah. Naomi was bitter, and Ruth was determined to make it better both for Naomi and for herself you know she could have been bitter she she'd lost her husband as well but she chose otherwise and it's interesting the difference Naomi was focused on herself and Ruth was no, was focused on another when Naomi's going poor poor pitiful may Ruth is going i'm going to care for you she's looking outside of her own loss and trying to care for her. That speaks volumes to us when we get in that bitter situation. Are we going to look here or are we going to look there? And looking there seems to be a whole lot better, a whole lot more therapeutic.
0: And so they got to Bethlehem. That was her hometown. And the whole town stirred. You could, oh, Naomi's back. Naomi's back. Can you just <laughs> hear the buzz? And the women explained, Can this be Naomi? <laughs> Don't call me Naomi, she told them. (laughs) Call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. The name Mara means bitter. (laughs) I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune (laughs) upon me.
1: You know, that's funny in Scripture. We get new names. You know, Abram became Abraham of Saul became a, Naomi becomes Mara because she's bitter. It's funny. In the midst of her bitterness, Naomi's bitterness, Ruth finds favor with a, a relative of Naomi's back there in Bethlehem. A guy named Boaz. Say Boaz. It's not a name we hear real often is it? Anybody know a Boaz? No. Anyway, Boaz takes a special liking. I'm going to condense this story. It's a couple chapters. we're going to kind of boil it down. Special liking to Ruth and makes provision. He he's a, owns a lot of fields. And back in those days, they would leave the edges for the poor to gather up. Well, she's kind of in a tough position. So he tells his, uh, the ones gathering the grain, leave some extra for her. Make it easy for her to gather up the extra grain. Long story short, she, he buys the property that belonged to Naomi her, her husband and her sons, and in the process, he marries Ruth. Well, this is kind of a package deal. You get Ruth, <laughs> you get Naomi. <laughs> so Naomi, again, has a home and a family. Isn't that wild? And, and when Ruth has a child, uh, when, when, when Ruth has a child, uh, uh, the women in town say, Naomi has a son, <laughs> Isn't that something? And so bitter became better for Naomi, thanks to Ruth, but really thanks to God. By the way, a little side note here. This child, this Naomi's son, the the child Ruth gave birth to, his name was Obed, O-B-E-D. Anybody heard of an Obed this week? No. Okay. Obed. He was the father of a guy named Jesse. And Jesse's the father of several sons, the youngest of which, his name was David. King David, who, if we go some generations down from David, it's the lineage from which we find Jesus the Christ. God takes bitter, makes it better, if we're willing to let go, if we're willing to give it to God. Yeah.
0: The Apostle Paul wrote a lot of the second half of the Bible, the New Testament. He was one who was incredibly transformed along the road one day, and that's for another time to talk about but Paul gives some very pointed advice when it comes from an attitude, how to, how to live um, good instruction for Christian living. Check this out, Ephesians 4. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now say the rest with me. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you.
1: You know, we've looked at this passage before, haven't we? But looking at it again, I've I've noticed that we usually jump to rage, anger, brawling, slander, and malice. Do you see that? We often kind of skip that first word there, which is bitter. Bitterness. And it's interesting the way this is written. That's the first one we come to, isn't it? And if you notice, if you think about it, when we get bitter and we stay bitter, what happens? Then we become angry and we, angry, anger becomes rage. And If we stay bitter, there's brawling. And if we stay bitter, there's slant. And it gets all the way to malice, isn't it? And it all starts with bitterness, doesn't it? Just like it's written here. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, get rid of all bitterness, we're told. Get rid of all bitterness. Why? Well, because holding on to bitterness consumes us. It destroys us. It eats us up. Maya Angelou says, Bitterness is like cancer, it eats upon the host. Wow, that's quite an image, isn't it? Satan uses bitterness to steal our joy, kill our dreams, destroy our lives. Bitterness is like the first cousin of unforgiveness. (laughs) They're closer not brother and sister, but first cousin. (laughs) In both cases, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die you know, you've been there, I've been there. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make them pay. 20 years later, they say, what, what are you even talking about? Right? Oh yeah, we're going to make them pay. All right. It's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. It doesn't work. And it never did. And it never will. Because in both bitterness and unforgiveness, if we hold on to those feelings, if we're unable to let them go to release the feelings and the person we have those feelings toward, the one who will suffer is always the one who's holding on to the feelings. Amen? Always. Always. The one who is unable to let go. Unable to let go of whatever it is that's causing that bitterness. Of whatever it needs, it is that needs to be forgiven. Letting go of bitterness doesn't mean we're ignoring the hurt. No. It doesn't mean we no longer feel the pain. No. Going from bitter to better means we're not going to let it control us anymore. Not allow it to bring us down. Not allow it to destroy the other joys in our life. The joys that God intends for us to have. We need to go from bitter to better because... Clinging to the bitterness just will cause damage, severe damage to us and to those around us. For Cain, it ended up in murder. For, for, for Naomi, it just ended up in a severe lack of joy in her life. For you and for me, it's probably going to be somewhere in between there. Yeah.
0: So bitterness is not what God intended for your life my life, for your life. Just like unforgiveness, the one holding on to the bitterness is the only one who can let it go. I'll say that again. The, the person who's holding on to the bitterness is the only one who can let it go. We can't do that for someone else. God will help. We just need to be open to that. We need to be open to God. And so, we're going to take... Um, just a little bit of time like a half a minute and think about what's going on inside of our hearts regarding bitterness we have a strong sense and I've been dealing with some of this too that each one of us often carries that And, and we don't have to because God doesn't want that for us so if you're having trouble letting go of it um Here's a scripture that might be able to help you focus. Let's say this together. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any bitterness in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So we're going to take 30 seconds. And you just kind of do a self-examination of your heart with this bitterness.
1: If you find bitterness within, we encourage you to seek God's help in in letting it go. Pray, read the scripture, pray some more. Try to look outside yourself rather than inside, how you might help others. Bitter to better. If you feel your bitterness could, could help with some professional counsel, and um, you're not sure where to turn, give us a call. Stop in. we'll, We'll try to help you get the help you need. Last thing we want, the last thing God wants is for you to allow bitterness to disable you from getting all that God has in store for you.
0: And a practical first step for that would be, as Alan said, pray. You can come up on the steps as we close, but also Mike and Nancy, there's people back there who would love to pray with you because when we say it out loud and we receive prayer, really transforming things can happen. Our mission at Connection Community Church is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers, and that new life is all about freedom. It's not about being a slave to bitterness, slave to sin, but to have those chains gone, to be free and to be able to live in a place where we can experience the joy of the Lord, even in the midst of some pretty tough circumstances, we still can feel joy. God wants to give you that new life. It's a gift, and it's a free gift, and it's called grace. We can't do anything except to receive it, open up the package and receive it and let God in. And again, there's nothing that you've done that could cause God to not love you. There's nothing that is in your life that would cause God to say, nope, that person's a lost cause. Absolutely not. God wants to auto-correct your life and can turn that around, whatever it is, so that you can, in fact, experience um, freedom, so the bonds are broken. So the question is, are you willing? Are you willing to release whatever bitterness it is that you're holding on to? Are you willing to go from bitter to better, replacing that bitterness with joy? And it's just not worldly joy. It's joy of the Lord because that worldly stuff comes and goes. That is so not permanent. But the permanent joy of the Lord, it is there for you and for me. Will you stop saying no and allow yourself to be open to the possibilities that God has for your life. Psalm 51. It's got some great, it's a great way to close out today's message. We invite you to say it with us. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Bitter to better. With Jesus, all things are possible. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Will you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for your word, for the way that you call you can help us move from bitter to better the way that you want to autocorrect our life and we keep trying to change that spelling back to the old spelling and that's not what you want you want us to experience freedom and to be able to embrace each day with a purpose and a plan it's your purpose and your plans god you are a chain breaker And so break the chains of bondage in this place. Pour your Holy Spirit upon the people here who are suffering and who are ready for freedom. Thank you, God, for your son, Jesus, who made all this possible. The way he took our sin on, went to the cross, but did not stay dead he rose again so that we can have life here on earth and in heaven. We thank you and praise you this day in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. amen.
1: Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692, Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.